Hi, just before we get into this episode, just want to give you a quick heads up. My guest for this week, whom I love very dearly, he is uh, fancy free with some fruity words. Now, I've tried to cut them all, and I believe that I have, but sometimes things have a habit of slipping through the radar. So I just want to let you know, I believe that I've got them all, but if you are sensitive to such thing, you might want to avert your ears for some parts of this episode. However, it is an excellent one, and I know that you're going to love it. So without further ado, let's go ahead. Hello and welcome to episode 65 of Command Space on the glorious 5x5 podcasting network. My name is Mike Hurley and I am joined today, I have the pleasure of being joined today by Mr. Chase Wardman-Reeves. Hi Mike, how are you? I'm good sir, how are you? I'm good, I have a question for you. Okay. Um, two questions actually, okay? Okay. Number one, what do you like to be known for? Mm. And number two... What do you think I like to be known for? Look at you. Someone listens to the show. Uh, I like to be known for this episode, um, for, for episode 65. That's what I want to be known for because I know this Hold is... Hold on, I'm still kind of trying to come down. I was like really nervous about asking that because I know it would like break your flow up a little bit and I've just been listening to a lot of, of this show. So hold on, I got to... <laughs> what did you just say? Your answer was what? I, w- I want to be known for this this episode. Oh no way! Mm-hmm. This is this is potentially about to be my magnum opus. Incredible! Me too. How did you, you know what friendship, man? <laughs> and let me tell you what I think that you like to be known for. Okay, this is what I'm interested in. Yeah, helping people make a success of themselves on the internet. Ooh, I like the way you put that. That's a good way of that's a good way of saying it. I think that's better than I would have said it, which I would have said something about. Like, what do I like to be known for? I don't know. I'm a, I'm a cutesy designery type, right? So I'm never comfortable with money. I'm never comfortable with the idea of success. Like, all I want to do is make stuff that, like, you know, Merlin Mann and Frank Shamero are like, hey, that, that doesn't suck totally. You know, that's like my one life calling if I look, listen to my insecurities. So um, I, would, I would try to find some way of saying it that was cute, but I really like the way you said it better. So it would be, uh, which was about, I like to help people make a success of themselves. What does that look like for you? Like, we're going to talk a bit, a bit about this, but just tell people the the sort of stuff that you do online. Like, what does what does Chase Reeves do online? I like it. I uh, so I'm an educator uh, first and foremost. I'm as a designer and and marketer, communicator type, all self taught, no lessons. And um, so I made a lot of websites just because I kind of I wanted to make a website for me, and I had to figure out how to do that, and I ended up getting good at it and doing it a lot. And, so it all started with design, uh, which ma- making websites, which into that is like a million questions about like, what are we designing and what's the purpose of this thing and what kind of person is going to land here and what, ha- what other sites have they seen and how are we going to stand out against that backdrop and how can we be authentic and, and, and like we have these interesting things to say and, you know, all those questions. So I really, really have always loved those questions, those kind of brand questions. And I think, you know, I grew up like upper middle class Bay Area and the kind of where like the the band shirt that you were wearing absolutely defined you. So because we apparently didn't have anything more important to worry about, I just got I I was into all the cool bands, right? Like I would love I I got I got a sick kind of satisfaction out of like looking at the jocks and being like, cool limpistic shirt, <laughs> turd, you know? And yeah. and I me and my three <laughs> super metal blacked out friends would would be wearing our you know, other shirts, right? So I think that's where I got the sensitivity to this 
branding stuff, the design stuff, and then that turned into education because I teamed up with uh, with a couple guys to make Fizzle, uh, which is basically training on um, how to start your own. I don't know if I want to call it entrepreneurial venture or whatever, but how to support yourself independently, how to do something you care about, and maybe do it on the side and make enough make some money to like to like either buy your beer for or pay your rent or eventually support yourself full time. I think there's I think there, we're at this cultural moment where that's becoming we're kind of reclaiming that back from you know being everybody working in cubicles, living in in the corporate environment kind of stuff. Is that making any sense? Makes perfect sense. When you think it's a good answer? I think it's a perfect answer. Oh, good. And we're going to get to a lot of that. You set up, you've set the sharp world. We're going to get to a lot of that. But I want to ask you a question first. Yeah. When you were a kid, were you an artist? Did you draw? I did. I drew. I drew a lot. I drew a lot of like comic book character or like superheroes and guns. I drew a lot of guns. I liked like the technical kind of drawings. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but it, it got sick of it pretty easily. It's a very frustrating thing for me. Uh, drawing was. Uh, it was it was never that, that good, and I just didn't have the the stick to itiveness to to stick to itiveness. So, um, but uh, but I like it's funny because I have a four year old and he's not good at drawing even a little bit, but um, he's pretty damn good at Legos, and it's reminding me and taking me back to like I was really good at Legos too, and just seeing in Legos like this engineering designy sort of this perfect mix of engineering and creativity like the 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 what is possible in a in a physical sense with like what do i want to make um and so i think a lot of a lot of things started in legos and in in legos probably more so than drawing for me but i did do a lot of drawing unfortunately i just i just thought it was so bad at it you never never you know what i did a lot of is i wrote a lot of um, I would write like rap songs right. to to like popular show tunes. <laughs> Interesting, <laughs> but they'd be funny. They'd be funny rap songs that I would like like rap to kids in junior high about like I would tell the I would like tell the story of of Tupac uh, and Shook Knight going out on the town and like oh no he gets shot and and all these things that wasn't very funny but I would try to make it funny and I would do it to the tune of Gilligan's Island. I have notebooks of this and I and I. I, one day I'm going to like pull them out and be like, what does this mean about me? <laughs> Will you find them and record them and put them out on the internet? That would be amazing. <laughs> so it's not really rap. I'm like singing to like some show tune or whatever, but it was about Tupac. You got that. There's other ones about like frogs. Like I would throw in like dirty, sexy frogs stuff. It was awesome. Junior high, I wore the Vans bowling shoes. Do you remember those? I don't uh, know. No. You're out there. You probably didn't get that. That those, we had cool. Sh- we had cool shit out here, Mike. Do you draw now? I don't. You know, I'm trying to actually. You know what I just got? I just got a brush pen. Two things. Number one, my friend Mike Hurley gave me this uh, pen that I uh, that I'm using right now to take notes, and I really like it. Got me thinking about pens, and then I said, "Well, I wonder if there's, uh, I wonder if there's more cool pens." I started doing some research on pens, and I found these brush pens. I've always wanted to paint a lot, but never wanted to deal with paint and paint brushes and things. And a brush pen is a nice little in betweener. So I got one, this Pentel something or other, and it's in- incredible. The little doodles that I can do with it, it makes everything look so much better. It makes me a better person. 
I do believe that pens make people a better person, but that's a that's a whole that's a whole other podcast that I do called the Pen Addict. I, I know, I know. I'm trying, I'm trying not to bring that up because I'm uncomfortable with it. It will get you. So you it, yeah. Well, you know what? Now you've given me this thing, and like it might maybe, but you know what? I also bought a box of the basic. Uh, Anyways, I won't even get into it because you have had a whole other show on that. Um, so, whatever. That's not important. I don't think pens are important, Mike. I think people are important. Guns don't p- kill people. People kill people. And pens. And pen- <laughs> pens write about it, but pens don't kill people. Well. What is greater, sir? The sword or the pen? I say the pen. You do, don't mm-hmm. you? Oh, I do. I don't have a sword podcast. <laughs> How did you find your way into web design? Um, I it's a good question. I had always I'd always been like a creative type, so I was always doing music. Um, music was where it, it all started for me. I got like pretty damn good at guitar pretty early on, and so you know when everybody was learning Nirvana songs, like I was like, huh, I wonder if I could uh, figure out that Dream Theater time signature, <laughs> and so. I, I really got into music and guitar, and that turned into drums because everybody plays guitar, and, and you're also good at drums, so let's do that, and which turned into, like, I wanted to, rec- I, like, once I got my first laptop, I total I got this little mixer thing that had two microphone inputs, um, and so I started recording. So I've been doing, like, audio production on a home studio sort of level for, like, 12 years, and... Um, that's where like the create. That's where you start getting well versed in these same things with Legos, I guess. Of like, what do I want this to be? How can I make it more like that? Right. Um, and so that turned into a little bit of uh, video work as well, because there's a lot of cross pollination between like a linear editing system, doing audio, and then doing video, which turned into some opportunities here, there, everywhere. Where like when you're doing media like that, like they're gonna be like, "Hey, kid, why don't you make us your website?" Right. So I was mostly doing stuff for my dad, who mm-hmm. just you know thought it would take me you know a couple hours to throw something together, yeah. and I would spend two months like really trying to fiddle with something and put it together. And so that's kind of where it started. And then uh, I started up a blog and uh, really got to fiddle with what I wanted it to look like, you know. Um, and that's I think where I started to get into me because I can make music and I can make videos, but I can't make, I can't put it out there in a way that, that uh, at the time it didn't feel like I could put it out there in a way where, you know, a million people could see it the way that my website could easily be that uh, because there, was, uh, there wasn't even a YouTube, right? I think maybe there wasn't, I don't know. I'm not good at math, but that's where I could, I could fiddle this. I could do that. I could write this funny thing. I could make this Gilligan Island poem or whatever and put it together and make it make the page itself look cool because I had like with drawing I wanted it to be good and I didn't know how to do that with the web stuff I wanted it to be good and I was just tenacious about figuring out how to make it do that does that make sense that makes perfect sense with web design now because I know that you you know it's it's not your bread and butter anymore but it is something that you do um, and just design in general but like, what parts of design do you enjoy? Because I know you know this is sort of going from a conversation that me and you have had, and you know, you say about like with anything like this, you start working on something and it becomes really tiresome, and you know, yeah, you start to see all the horrible parts of it, and you see none of the good bits. So, what 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 about web design do you actually enjoy doing on, on maybe a daily basis? It's it's a, it's a really good question. You are good at this stuff. Thank um, you. 
it makes me think of a few things. Number one, like I'm in the middle of designing uh, something right now that's going to be a new sort of, ven- not a venture, but like a new piece that we've been waiting to do for so long, and we're finally putting the pixels and the colors to it. Um, and it's the culmination of so many exciting things and a, and a whole like future for my partner and I, and it's like, it's very exciting. And I'm, I'm, ba- I'm, I'm painting what this is going to feel like to the person who lands on it, right? So that in and of itself is exciting. It's creating a, a I'm good at, I've been historically good at making things that, that feel like, like, they're, like they matter, you know? Even because, I think this, to the second point, um, when I get into, there's this thing that happens where I'm designing a thing and I'm like, it's all about me. It's all about, hey, how can this make me look good? Hey, maybe I can, um, maybe I can design this thing. This happened a long time ago. I designed this thing that uh, that I really that uh, was actually the subtitle of Merlin Mann's book um, that he was planning on doing at some point. And I'm, just, I'm you know, like you, we're, we're like this from come from this whole generation of people who idolize Merlin Mann the way that like you know previous generations looked at oh I don't know presidents and astronauts and things, but like for some reason Merlin just occupies this massive segment of my soul. Like I just I'm he has a gravity that I can't fight. And I've just loved that guy for so long. And so when I made this thing and I like I tried to get him to see it and eventually he did and he saw it and he commented on my blog about it, you know, saying this is really great. And it's, it's there. Like it's, it's, it's like the kid's shoes dropped into bronze. Like I'll never let it go anywhere, right? I took a screenshot of it and put it in my Flickr account. Like this was, that's permanent. That's, that's as permanent as a tattoo in my book. So I, I designed that and he really liked it. And, oh, where was I getting into that for, Mike? Well, the, the question is, what do you enjoy about? Well, first of all, I liked that, that I could get someone to see it, especially someone that I care about. But, but second of all, there's this insecurity that I have that kind of, maybe it came from that moment, but it preexisted that, right? Where I'm making something and it's about me and it's about what people are going to think about me, right? Even if it's a website for a client. And projects so often start there where it's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to make this so good. And people are going to be like, whoa, that's so good. Who made that? And they're like, look into me. And they're like, follow me on Twitter. And I realize like, whoa, this guy is not only a good designer. He has like really, really interesting, cool thoughts. Right? You know, like it's all, it's all vanity. It's, uh, it's all insecurity and, and selfishness like, like, like you do, I guess. Right? Mm-hmm. But it's, every project kind of starts there. So most of the time, I don't know that it's starting there. It's just, a, you know, that's what a designer does. We, we get really selfish about a thing, or at least a bad designer like me. But then there's something that happens. I get frustrated. It's not good enough. It's not making me look good enough. It's not, ma- it's not something Merlin Mann would comment on a blog post about, right? It's, it's not going to make someone in the first tier love me or, you know, or become my father, even though they probably should. They might like it. might feel good, right? But uh, I start to get upset that this isn't working like that, and the frustration builds and builds and builds and builds and builds until I finally, I, 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 it, I throw it away, I start all over from scratch. This is when the design actually starts. I've actually started planning for this, this in the process. Like say, like, okay, we'll add, a, we'll, add, we'll add three or four days of just of, you know, pure selfishness dribble, and then, then we'll start the project. Because that's when I've done enough work to realize, A, what this thing is about, and two, um, what it's... <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's not about me anymore. It's about the, the audience. It's about the person that lands on this page and the purpose that this business or that this website or organization has in that relationship. 
And to me, that's the real that's the real artistry of it. That's the real artistry of web design because it's it's learning about those people on the other side of the monitor and then preempting their um, uh, objections, preempting their insecurities, preempting the sense that like, hey, pal, like I've just landed on a million websites looking for the cure to the hemorrhoids. What makes yours any different? You know, um, and really delighting them there with, uh, I'm sort of a, I don't know how to put this, I guess, I, I don't know, an honesty junkie or something like that. Like, I really get off on the vulnerability. This is something you might remember, Mike, from XOXO. If you, if you look at any of those talks once they come out, they all either, it, the, most of them start with, but even if they don't start with, at some point, there's a deep-rooted, vulnerable moment on stage where they're talking about uh, a vulnerability they, they probably don't talk about very often. You know, so it's a, it's an honest human moment on stage. That that moment is what I love. I love that in web design and kind of trying to create that for myself when I'm doing my projects and, and when I was doing customers. And I never get to do that with a customer, right? Until I worked with a guy called Corbett Barr doing Think Traffic, and he and now he and I are our business partners in Fizzle. So does that get to your question? Do you find a thread there? But when you're sort of when you're at those moments where as you say you like you you you're willing to throw it all out and obviously that is an extremely um frustrating time yeah even though you know it's part of the process to get to the point where you're like I want to throw this all out you you clearly are angry at that time you're fired up mm-hmm. when you're in those moments where it's like right I need to throw this out and start again what are the parts of designing that you enjoy that keep you going through it because otherwise you would have quit a long time ago because it was just not yeah. something you you go through this pattern of something that becomes horrible to do so what is it that that pulls you out at that point it's i guess it, it, it's interesting i'm seeing this thread here because it's like why did i stop those drawings when i was drawing i just said i can't do this i don't know how i don't have the stuff but for design and for music for video, like I, I, I knew, and if I went back to drawing now, I would know now because it's all the same. It's all the same process. It's all this. It's getting comfortable with the delta between where I am now and, and where I know I want to be. Like that Ira Glass uh, bit on taste, and, and that we start now, and it's really, really, really bad, right? But this is how everybody that we admire started out too, you know. And and if you could just be a little more comfortable and create regardless of the fact that you're not creating at the level that you want to be. If you could just get comfortable with that and keep creating and, and, and putting things out and just whatever, if they're failures or successes or whatever, you just keep going and doing it a lot. So now I would answer just the pure na- fact that I've been doing it for so long and I've been through that moment so many times, I understand it's just this natural thing, like what Seth Godin calls the dip. It's just this this reality. It, it, it happens, right? So... Um, I would keep going through it because I just know that this is a part of the process. But built into that is is the payoff, which to me, when I'm, I'll just talk about it from my own stuff, not about client stuff, since I'm not doing that anymore. But the payoff for me is creating something, uh, is creating an emotional experience in in the visitor or the watcher or the listener uh, or the reader, right on the other side of the monitor, creating an emotional experience. I have a writer friend named Don who who's really successful, big-time writer guy, and um, he was, I'm, I never considered myself a writer, but one of the things he said to me 
was like, Chase, you are a writer because you are, you love to have a, an emotional experience with your audience. That's what creating that emotional experience with your audience, that's what a writer does. And since then, it's sort of stuck with me that uh, even whether it's a website or whether it's a blog post or whether it's a podcast or whether it's a, you know, YouTube video or whatever, right? A Vine, whatever. I'm trying to create an experience with my audience and specific, not just like, uh, not just words on page that they can look at or not look at. Like, I'm, I want them to love me. Like, I want, yeah. it's this insecurity. Like, I want them to love me, regardless of if they think I'm interesting or smart or intelligent or funny or anything like that. Just that, that like, hey, I'm a human and they're like, hey, this guy isn't a piece of shit. You know, like even just that. And then, I, did I just hear your little M for marker? <laughs> did you just let that little marker there? Yeah, yeah, you had that. <laughs> sorry. <My bad>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Hey, man, I'm sorry, man. That's my bad. Dude. I'll try to keep the language down. But um, so I don't know. That, that, that's why I would go through it. And what I, what I like about it, what I hate about it too, Mike, because I feel like an absolute fraud. Because... Why? Like, right, there was this, there's the, the episode of Back to Work where Dan and uh, Merlin were talking about um, one of things, something that one of our buddies wrote uh, about feeling like a fraud, charging money for this thing, and, and it feels like they kind of poo-pooed it. And I liked, of course, like, you know, usual, I really liked Merlin's take on it, but I, I just so resonated with that moment of feeling like a fraud, right? Um, because I feel like I, I'm, I'm just so afraid all right, I guess this has been a piece of me. So afraid that I'm put out a, a, a redesign of a blog or something like that, and Jason Santa Maria lands on it and goes like, "Are you kidding me? You use that line height? Pfft. What?" And Jason Santa is a great guy, right? He's a nice guy. He wouldn't do that, even if yeah, maybe he would. But but the point being, like, I felt like there's these right answers out there that Jason Santa Maria and Frank Shamero and Mick Reyes and and all these guys knew about, and I just didn't know. Because I never had any training in this stuff. I just kind of am making things based on what I've seen in my like and, and doing all this stuff. And the truth is I've learned that we're all making it up as we go. There are no rules. And the rules that were created in the elements of type and all these other things, those weren't rules before that book exists. So what gives you the right of putting together that rule of doing that thing? And yes, there are best practices. But in the creative process, uh, I've found a real, I don't know, comfort in being able to say, here's who I am. Here's what this is. And really, the design process, just like the writing, the video, and the podcasting process, is trying to dig, 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 dig into where is the humanity in this thing? Where are the people who are putting their asses on the line? Where are the people that feel alone and afraid? Where are the people that are looking for a hug? Where are the people? Like, what about this particular thing? So in Fizzle, where I'm trying to help someone kind of realize, uh, get, get to a point where they can create something and be fulfilled by it, not just, uh, not just, creative fulfillment, but also like supporting themselves financially, you know, and learning how to, how to do that. Like the humanity in that is, is my story. It's so freaking scary to not work for, to, it's so scary to go out on your own. It's so scary to count on yourself for that, for your, your income every month, whether it's doing client work or like make a thing. And it's so vulnerable to make a thing and put it out there and just say like, hey, I think this is worth 10 bucks. And when you get your first person to buy it, you're like elated. You go through this manic, depressive sort of stuff. This process is so human. So that designing for that means being steeped in that story for me and trying to create something that they feel sees them 
in a way that maybe like there's a million sites out there doing what we do and hopefully ours we, we, hopefully it's better but but even if not like it's at least they they're connected to the, a certain kind of person is connected to this on a human level does that make sense it does i hope it does mike it does because you, you that's my that's my answer we're just getting started but i need to I take like a break that. let's hear it will you allow me to take a break is that okay sir Absolutely. I'm going to use your fancy pen over here and just doodle. This episode is brought to you by Shutterstock.com. This is where you're going to find over 28 million images, stock photos, vectors, illustrations, and over 1 million video clips. You can start searching at Shutterstock to find the perfect image for your website ad, publication, or just about any other creative project. Shutterstock gives you a global image collection where you can find images from all over the world to help suit any project that you're working on. You can choose between image packs, monthly subscription packages, or if you just need one image for your blog or mock-up, you can do that too, and you can just buy as you need. You can choose whatever fits your needs. You don't have to compromise or find a way to fit your way of working to, to some sort of package scheme. You can just do as you want. If you need just one image for your blog or mock-up, you take that. You don't need to worry about going and paying for a month if you don't want it. You choose. Every time you visit Shutterstock, you're going to find something new since they add over 20,000 images every day and 12,000 videos every week. And it's much more affordable than you think. There's no charge for extra files. You can download any image in any size and you pay just one price. They don't nickel and dime you for high resolution images. As you're searching around Shutterstock, you can easily curate and share pictures via light boxes. So you just pick your favorite media as you're going and you can save it for later to review or just maybe for a later project. I also have an iPad app that allows you to do this too. You can get enhanced license access if you need to run some images on print or swag for some, or something like that. They also have a huge library of not just, as I mentioned, not just images and videos. They have vectors, icons, infographic templates too. They can give you 24-hour support during the week and they can also get you a dedicated account rep who can answer any questions if that's what you're after. So go sign up for a free browse account now by going to shutterstock.com. There's no credit card needed to do this and you can take a look at the stuff that they have and when you find the images you like and you decide to purchase you want to use this offer code that's cmd1013 so that's command 1013 cmd1013 it's going to get you 25 percent off any package over at shutterstock.com thanks to them for supporting command space and all of five by five i really like it when you say swag 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 I like it. I just like it. What got you into the blogging game? Um, like, why I don't know. did you? If we if we take out the design part, yeah, because you could have made a portfolio, but you decided to create some stuff. I know you've had some various writing projects. What was your first writing project, and and what was the impetus for that? You know why I got into writing? Uh, why why I got into blogging is because I like I really like to to write. I think I like I my dream is that people think I'm funny. And and have insightful hu- like human bits to me, like an Anne Lamott or something like that. Like that'd be my dream. Like that's those are always the books that I love. But I could never put together a, a book, right? Um, but I could easily blog, and that's where it started. I had an old site called Write to Mean, as in W R I T E, to Mean. Um, I might make you spell that out with with words here in a little bit because as I've been listening to Bionic, I realize you're extremely talented at that. Mm-hmm. But uh, I started that and. 
it was just like, hey, like, you know, it's, it's a blog, right? It's just like the kinds of things you would put on a blog when you're first starting out your very first blog. But then we, um, we got pregnant and I started processing through a lot of these vulnerable sort of things with a little bit of that, like, you know, writing a rap, to- rap song to the tune of Gilligan's Island sort of humor built in. And, and people responded, it, like t- 20 people responded, and, um, which, was, which was massive to me. I mean, to throw something out on the internet and have someone you've never met before like, fi- like land on it and be like, hey, this is pretty funny, cool stuff. Right? Like, I remember the first time I had to, you know, and then you like, like that was, that was, once that got its hook in me, I was, I liked that more than being on stage playing music, I think. Because I like, um, I've always been uh, attracted to words. Like I've always studied like Bruce Springsteen and, and Bob Dylan because uh, I really like the words, even though the music, like, I mean, you, you don't get much better than Bruce Springsteen, but you can get a lot better than Bob Dylan as far as I'm concerned. But I re- I've always loved words and I've wanted to communicate myself like that. Um, and, and so the writing was just always there. And once, yeah, once I got my first comments, like I was in, I was like, you can make something and you put, no, no, get it, get this, okay, get this. You may, you write it down, right, you write it on your computer, you put it on the internet, all right, are you following me? And then people land on, people find it, they just come to it, they, they, they love it, they totally, uh, they'll read it and then you become, you make money, right? Somehow, in some way, but we'll figure that part out later. It's like the, uh, what is the uh, South Park thing where it's the, the underwear gnomes or underpants gnomes where their, their big plan is like gather all the underwear and then the next part is question mark and then the next part equals, you know, I, I don't know, money or success or I can't remember exactly what it was, but I just love the fact that they called them underpants gnomes. <laughs> Got him. Got him. You're so you're so damn cool and collected over there. It's sort of it's sort of like putting me on my heels. I'm so. collecting. I'm collecting notes. <laughs> it's all going in. I feel like there's a good metaphor for you. I'm collecting. So after write to mean, yeah. Where did you go? So all the stuff that I was writing about my uh, the pregnancy and then the birth and the kid stuff, uh, people really started digging that, and so I started up a site called Father Apprentice. Um, and fatherapprentice.com is where you can still see it to this day. And it's basically for bad dads who want to be better. Um, or what, is that? what did I say? It's for good men who want to be great dads or something like that. Uh, and it's just me struggling with fatherhood out loud. That's all it is. Uh, and that's a, that's a perfect thing. That, that's, that's me. That's all I want to do. I want to, I want to have these issues and, and struggle with them out loud. Because a lot of guys ended up like, feeling, you know, they say the thing where it's like, Hey man, thanks. That was that was really helpful. Um, which is to me like the dream. It's like that's why I love Louis C.K. so much, because he makes me feel comfortable in my own skin. He helps me realize like I'm a human, uh, and it's okay if my bum itches, you know, because I didn't wipe it good enough or something like that, right? It, this is human thing, and we can talk about our bums, and I can be a little bit, uh, you know, saggy around the waist, and and I could, you know, it, I don't know. It just. I've always loved that experience so much. It felt like a capital T truth to me in there, right? I used to be a big-time Jesus guy. I kind of have this sense of this, this, I don't know, some longing in me for some great grand meaning. And now I find that in like a Louis C.K. or, a, or, or something like that, right? Or, or in just staying married. Like that's enough, that's enough capital T for, for any one single man. But, um, but I, I was always really interested in finding that stuff, that stuff that, that mattered, 
on some level. And typically it mattered because of that. There was something vulnerable and raw and gutsy and honest in it. So uh, that's what I did after Write to Mean. And now you have, uh, you still have a, I mean, what, what, what sites do you update now? Like what, where does your writing go now? Yeah. So basically, um, here's how it works now. Okay. So I did, I did Father Prentice and I was like, yeah, this is the first blog I started with like a purpose. Like it wasn't just like an off gassing, you know what I mean? Um, I, I have ice the brim now, which is like my sandbox. That's me just off gassing, totally personal. Not gonna, you're not gonna learn anything. Uh, it's just me, just for an excuse to to write things that I'm dealing with or struggling with or funny things or whatever, right? So that's out there as just me playing with myself out loud in front of everybody, um, you, which you can watch. Lots of people do. Um, then there is think traffic which is a very large website that my partner, Corbett Barr, built over the last four years. Um, and he and I recently partnered together earlier this year. And I designed Think Traffic. We really liked working with one another. And so he's like, hey, I have this idea for this like monthly subscription training on how to do an online business stuff. And I was like, he's like, I'd really like for you to be a part of it. And so we talked about it and, and we did it. We went in on it. We contract, we made up the contracts for that. And then that we were working really well together. And he's like, you know what? I think this is the future of my whole organization and I want you to be a part of it. Let's partner on this. And so we finally have done all the big partnership stuff. So now I'm, you know, part owner of Think Traffic. Don't you know it? Uh, which is that now that will, you will see some big changes. That was that thing I was talking about designing uh, that I'm so excited about right now. And I'll just keep it at that for now. We can't really say much more than that. But there's going to be some big changes in that. But for now, it's Think Traffic. And then, obviously, Fizzle.co, which is probably, I mean, that's what I do for a living. What I do for a living is I make Fizzle.co. Uh, make the videos, do the lessons, figure out strategies and whatever, do the designs. And mostly a lot of talking with people inside the community and helping them get through something or other, right? So those are the... Ice to the Brim, Think Traffic, and Fizzle.co. Obviously, there's, you know, Tumblrs and Twitters and things like that, but those are just, you know, more off-gassing. When you started um, moving more into, like, the marketing, blogging, online business world, I I can't really think of a better name for it than that. Um, Yeah. You can call it the douchey internet marketing world. Yeah. You know, like, there's a thing. That's like a... I don't really know how you would. I don't think it's actually got a name, but that is a. Well, thing that there exists. is inter, a lot of people call it I am or internet marketing. Right. Okay. Right. I don't Which like. Is, I don't like I am. That sounds. You know, I am's used. Already. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, that's been taken. It's a messy business, and it can be a messy yeah. business. Um, there can. There's a lot of people that take advantage of people. Um, it's looked down upon, I think, by some. Yeah. How have you tried to keep yourself clean? Well, let me ask you this. Like you've seen some of the things that I've that I've done. Have have they felt clean? You have. You yeah. Know? And and I, I struggle with a lot of this sort of stuff in the same way that a lot of people do. Like I I try and work out what are these people's intentions, what are they actually trying to do. But yeah. I've seen some fizzle stuff and we're gonna talk about that in a bit. And I yeah. actually and the reason that I, I like you is because I like what you do as well as you as a person. Um and your stuff feels honest to me. Yeah. So how do you, is that part of you, like you just make what you make and that's you, or have you tried to do anything specific or have you just been like, screw it, let's just see what happens. I feel like I have my values and yeah. I'm going to create stuff that I'm proud of. 
mean, do, do you do you feel the same way? Like that, that this is a Absolutely. messy game. Yeah, no, I, it's it's been a real it's been a real journey. Here's here's I, I think if I were to be a historian on myself, I would look back and say, okay, I started up a blog. I started on the thesis uh, WordPress platform, which uh, was ju- is just the thing that. And then because I was so early in on that, and because I got really good at designing sites on that, I got to know the founder of DIY Themes, who makes thesis. His name's Chris Pearson. He's become a close friend. And he was just super well connected. And so I started meeting and hanging out with a bunch of big time bloggers. And um, what a bunch of big time bloggers. (laughs) Bunch of (laughs) bloggers. But so through that, I I ended up having my network was all in these these big bloggers who online are very douchey feeling, frankly, you know. But in person, they were all great people. Well, there's a few things that I started to learn from that. First of all, like, you, I don't know. I don't know. Actually, what I what I'm what I need to say is like it's still very much an insane struggle for me, right? I'm so insecure about uh, identity stuff and sensitive to it that the the douchey internet marketing thing has been a real challenge for me because I have a lot of opportunity in that space. All of my, I have a lot of people that I know that I've become close with that I care about a lot who make good money and could pay me good money and I could have access to their audiences and this, that, and the other if I head in that direction, right? So I see this big open door over there. And then uh, that sort of led me to just basically pursuing those. Because what it is, is it's this masturbatory snake, right? Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a blog about, about it's, a blog, <laughs> it's a blog that's making money about making blogs that make money, right? Uh, it, it's, it's this, you, there's, I kind of always go with you know those who teach those who can't do teach or something like that. But really, the the people who are when you make money teaching someone how to do the thing that you're and the thing that you're doing is that thing you're trying to teach them. But you're not doing it somewhere else. You're doing it on them. Like you're saying, here's how to sell something, and you're doing it by selling it to the person who's trying to learn how to sell something. I don't know. You know, you know what I'm saying though, because uh, that's what we do. We're very masturbatory that way. Um, I'm not making any sense, am I, Mike? You always make sense to me. Oh, God. Thank you. You finally finally connected with me on a human level. Now I'm going to give you the scoop. Basically, the douchey thing has always been there. It's always been a hard thing for me. And, and that's, why we're, like, that's why in Fizzle you won't find the douchey thing. That's why when people land on Fizzle, I mean, of course, some, here's one of the hard things about the word douche, right? It's something that I've thought a lot about. We have a great episode of the podcast about this. What does douche mean? I don't know, but I know a douchebag when I see him, right? Well, if you read other people's, like if you go to uh, Urban Dictionary, like it's, it's like all the, uh, there's so many different um, actual <laughs> what, uh, definitions of the word. And it seems like they're talking about different kinds of people. Like sometimes it's like the affliction-wearing shirt people. When I think of a douchebag, I think of like, you know, the financial district, pop collar on the polo shirt, topsiders like sort of guy, right? But, but the truth is these are two like just humans in different scenes. There's something else that makes someone a douchebag. And I, I think what, I've, uh, what I would call it is there's this sense of, of sleazery. They don't care about you, but they pretend that they do. Um, because all they really want is your money or something like this, right? But the truth is, where, like, why do they want money? Well, it's probably so they can buy their kid gluten-free crackers because their kid has some sort of, uh, has celiac disease or something like that. They have some story, right? The regular, the regular people. Uh, every douchebag is a regular person. And we're all just douchebags. 
douchebags to somebody. Mike, you're a douchebag. Somebody would look at you at a bar and be like, well, who's, what's that douche doing? It's like the world has just become YouTube commenting or something like that. And that's the reality of it. So if I make myself so afraid of being a douche to someone, because you've seen this with a lot of creative people like myself, it's the hardest thing in the world to charge money for a thing. Um, we're all very, we're all very insecure about it. We love giving, making cool things and giving them away for free, but, uh, we're not really good at being the Mike, Mike Montero of the world that just says, Fuck you pay me M mark that as a marker. Sorry. Oh, I've got um, lots. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Um, but, uh, are you, are you censoring douche? Is douche a bad word? I should stop saying that then. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, this funnily enough, this is a conversation I was having with Matt on bionic. I'm going to be taking out the second part. Of it, so we'll keep we'll keep you you'll see when when the edit comes out. It's just gonna be duh. <laughs> no, no, I'll leave that word in. But it's you know okay. when, when you call someone uh, a DB. Yeah, I figure got that's it. that's you take that out. I don't know if the uh, other part's it, okay it, yeah. or not. I hope your so. broadcasting standards are, are much higher than mine. I hope that uh, I hope that people are okay with that. I don't I, know. I do too. I think I think they do. We're all we're all big boys and girls here. Um, so so uh, what did you just say? Don't. Don't count on it. Is that what you said? <laughs> Let's hope so. <laughs> <laughs> also, don't count on it. Yeah, but, but yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not doing a very good job of explaining this because it, it's really been a central uh, story for me, trying to figure my way through this. And it's part of a lot of the changes that we've made uh, when we made Fizzle and and that we're making right now. You know, think traffic. It, by all appearances, it looks like another one of these you know douchey kind of internet marketing things. Why? Because of the things we're talking about. Now, what's douchey about internet marketing? It's all signal, uh, or sorry, it's all noise and no signal. This is what the traditionally marketing is. It's tactics on getting the people and the eyeballs instead of making things that that automatically get the people and the eyeballs. Like the the marketing is in the product itself. Right? And, and now I think you're, we for a long time have seen this trend, much more so. And we have, obviously, you're never supposed to cite Apple as a, as a business example. But clearly, the products, the marketing is in the products in a lot of ways. right? But Seth Godin has been har- harping on this for you know, 15 years uh, with the purple cow, saying like the product itself needs to be remarkable, notable. The ma- it make it something that people can love and cherish. And I see that as a real uh, a real, I don't know, mile, mile post pointing the way because you can talk all you want about getting more Twitter followers or writing email subject lines that actually get clicked and all this other stuff. And some of these tactics are important, Mike. I mean, if you want to build a business because you have something important to say like, hey, I think black people should be equal to, to white people. That's an important thing that I'm glad somebody had some douchey marketing tactics, you know, a couple hundred years ago that they were figuring out how to abolish slavery and they needed to get a lot of people on board with that. You know, I'm mostly excited that that, uh, Obama did what he did with his, you know, marketing campaign to get us on board, even if it wasn't, even if like it didn't turn out so great or whatever, right? Um, the, the, The truth is you, Mike, I think are a phenomenal broadcaster and interviewer and I love the interviews that you get with people. I mean, I literally have a notepad on my desk because I never understood what Kudal was saying when he said, you know, you don't write it to remember it later, you write it to remember it now, mm-hmm. until his interview with you. And I realized, oh, God, yeah. And that's why like, I have notes in my thing that one day in five years, I'm going to look back and see like these little random notes like swag and douche, and I'm going to laugh because I'm going to be able to come back and listen to this or like remember bits about it. Um, but just like I love the the things that you do on the show, the stories that you get to uh, illuminate 
about people going from point A to B because all I do is I see them at, you know, at Z and wonder like, geez, how the hell did you get so amazing at that? Well, it started at A, you know, that's, you have a, a, a real excuse to build an audience because you have something that's valuable. People telling their stories about how they became who they are and, and, and how they grew in their careers in that, in that sense. So if you looked into how to write a better email subject headline, subject line, like, does that make you a douche? Right. If you thought about where do I put an email subscriber box on my website, does that make you a douche? Because and I'd, I'd say no, it doesn't. Right. It doesn't. These are all ta- these are all things that all of us need to learn. When I think of, you know, oddly enough, when I think of who I really, really want to fall in love with Fizzle, I think of Mike Hurley and I think of Dan and Tom at Studio Neat because these are people who are making things that I really dig. Uh, that they are going to be successful whether or not, whether or not they're in Fizzle, right? But if they land here and they find that the camaraderie community, the, uh, the perspective and point of view on this stuff m- makes sense, feels co- makes them feel comfortable in their own skin about how to do this business stuff. Because just like I, liked to be fr- I like to be friends with people who used to be Christian because there's just a lot of, I don't know, shared stories there. Um, I've just noticed statistically it works out really well. Um, I like to to work with people who who have a hard time thinking about the business stuff because that's me as well uh, because that means they're probably more likely more prone to go much deeper on the product fall in love with it to a fault on, on the thing that they're making and they'd be much more prone to give it away for free instead of charging a buck for it um, you know and I like them to start thinking about you can support yourself and your family. Maybe doing something you care about, contributing to the world in a way that matters versus clocking in at eight or nine and clocking out and staying up late doing client work for some agency or whatever. Does that make sense? It does. I want to talk to you about Fizzle. Mm. I, want to, I, want, I want to talk about Fizzle as a thing. Uh, but before we do that, I do, I do have an, uh, another sponsor that I would like to thank. Is that okay, sir? <laughs> of course. I'm enjoying this. Oh, I like talking to you. But we must take a moment to thank Squarespace because they make this show possible. They are the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website or online portfolio. For a free trial and 10% off, go to squarespace.com and use the offer code TALLYHO10. If you're listening to Jason, he's talking about creating websites and, and designing and stuff, and you're like, oh, I have something to say. I have a blog that I want to make because I have some things to say too, you know? But... You think to yourself, I'm, I'm not a designer. I don't really know how to do that. Um, I don't know how to create a website. And I don't, you know, I don't have the skills to design it. I don't have the knowledge to code it. But I have some stuff that I think is really important to say. And I want to say it in a place that looks good. Well, Squarespace is the place for you. They have over 20 beautiful designs that you can implement onto their site. The site that you create with them. And you can create any sort of site with them. It's not just a blog. Maybe you want to create an online store or a site for your business or a site for your restaurant. They can give you all the tools that you need. They're always doing great work to make sure that their site has beautiful, fantastic, awesome new features, great new designs, and they have excellent customer support as well that they can provide you with. The beautiful designs that I'm talking about, not only do they feature responsive web design right out of the box, they've won design awards from institutions like the Webbies and Forbes and Foire. FWA, I don't know how you say that. I'm going to go with foie, right? So Squarespace is really easy to use. I, I'm, I am one of these people. I don't know how to, 
to design and code a website, but I know how to drag and drop things, and that's how you make sites on Squarespace. But they have awesome support. They're there for you 24 hours a day, seven days a week if you need it. Squarespace have dedicated over 70 people to providing support for you. They're all there. They're ready. They've, they've won awards too. A gold Stevie award, wouldn't you know? But if you are somebody like Chase who knows how to design, but you don't want the hassle of finding a web host and you know and worrying about caching, maybe you need some support from time to time, maybe you want statistics that are all built in and ready to go for you, well, you can create your own design and implement it on top of Squarespace's amazing CMS of all of the cool features they have there. You can do all of that. They have all of that. And if you're a developer, well, you can jump in the back end too and you know tweak stuff if that's your bag. They really cater to everybody, and that's why I love them. Squarespace plans start at just $8 a month, and they include a free domain name if you sign up for a year. You can go and start a free trial now and give them a whirl, and I think you should do that. Go to squarespace.com. You just enter in an email address, username, password, no credit card. And when you decide to sign up, because I'm sure that you'll be blown away like I am, Make sure that you use the offer code TALLYHO10, that's T-A-L-L-Y-H-O-10. It's going to get you 10% off, and it will also help show your support for this show and all the 5 by 5 So make sure you do that if you enjoy the show. Go sign up. Give Squarespace a go. Just, just, just do the trial, at least. That's all I ask. So thanks so much to Squarespace for their support of the show and for giving you everything that you need to create an exceptional website. I think this is the first show I've been on with a Squarespace sponsor, mm-hmm. and I'll be honest, it feels like the big leagues. Yeah? Yeah, I mean, I, it does, because clearly, you know, they, they essentially keep the podcasting industry afloat, Yep. Um, but, but and, and because it's interesting watching them because they were never, ever on my radar. They've been around as long as WordPress, a little bit longer. There's a debate as to who was started first, but um, that, I, it's just never been on my radar, not even once, until... I was an avid podcast listener, and they were all over Back to Work, right? Every episode. And I don't know if there was any others at the time I was listening to. And subsequently now, like, they're sponsoring. I mean, look at you. You even They'll sponsor, they'll sponsor anybody these days. But, um, but uh, because of that, I, I, I don't know. Because of that, it, it's just absolutely changed my perspective on them, or I, I guess I didn't have one. And it's made me an avid fan, even though I haven't yet built a website on it. Though when my wife was starting up her website. I was like, you have to use Squarespace. And I just, I just signed her up and did the thing. And she's totally customized it all and done it all herself. I've gotten in there trying to do things, and I do not know what to do. It's like a completely different philosophy of building a website. But I'm, I'm, going, I'm going to learn how to do everything that I can do on WordPress in, in Squarespace because I think that'll be a valuable skill. And like Merlin says, it's like that... <laughs> I will never tell someone like, "Hey, go!" Like, I would never tell my dad about WordPress ever again, right? He'll just be like, "No," he'll be like, "Hey, Tiger, put together a uh, website for me." Well, yeah, take, it'll take you twenty minutes. Take you twenty minutes. Throw together a website. Yeah, yeah, for this new shower thing. You throw it together. I'll be like, "Dude, sign up to Squarespace. You'll be able to take care of it all yourself." <laughs> and that's—I mean, not to, to make the ad go on forever, but that's one of the great things. Like, if some—if you know someone that needs one. Because one, it's easier to set up, and two, they've got the support, so you don't even need to help them anymore. That's exactly it. I'm like, Melissa's like, hey, how do you, how do I, I need to change the, I was like, just call the number. I don't call, know. Call, call, call the people, and they'll help you. I love that. So give me, like, we've spoken about Fizzle and sort of how Fizzle came to you, but yeah, 
give me the sort of the for anybody that might have, have not picked it up so far like give us sort of the the elevator pitch of fizzle mm-hmm. yeah so it's basically it's it's high quality training it's training it's professional training for how to support yourself doing something you care about right um specifically targeted towards online business stuff right so we have a lot of people making physical products making Lots of other stuff. It's $35 a month. We originally had two, two different plans and all this other stuff. We were like, that's just, I don't know, it just felt very unfizzled. So we, we just have one. Everybody's a fizzler, $35 a month. We've got about 760 members. Um, and uh, this is what I do for a living. And these are people putting their ass on the line, trying stuff out. We've got a, a bunch of courses in there. And we're, right now, I'm, I'm sort of in, we're in this, heavy duty mode where we're sort of redesigning the whole the whole thing. What I realized is training is really easy. Training is you can go buy any book. Everybody says the same stuff about business training, about marketing, about this, that, and the other. What's important is a point of the person's point of view on the thing. What's the person's point of view on a unique selling proposition or on what's important about email marketing or what's important about um, you know, design, like I have a, like a five hour course on, on design in there where I basically say, stop screwing with your design, <laughs> you know, and that's like, but it's my point of view after working with a lot of big blogs specifically, um, several massive blogs and just saying like, here are the results. Here's what you should focus on. Do not focus on that. Um, and so the point of view becomes really important, but also uh, the sequence the understanding of how you do this training over time. And thirdly, uh, the mindset that I want a fizzler to be in. We, we call ourselves fizzlers. Um, don't get creepy. It's not weird. It's cool. We like each other, okay? Deal with it. Um, but the mindset that you have when you approach your business, people want to go from zero to 120 miles an hour, right? They just want to. They want to go from zero to... Uh, to making some money in a year. And frankly, that might not happen. What you might want to do first is build a, a, what do we call a minimum viable audience and then maybe build something that you can sell to them for a buck, you know, you, you, a dollar. You could, you could make something, Mike, that you sell for a dollar, you know, um, and, 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 because, and people would be willing to buy that. I was just thinking about this. If Merlin Mann had anything for sale, Besides, like, massive, you know, enterprise speaking thing. If he had a $20 book for sale, I would, I would buy it sight unseen. I just want to support the guy. I just like him. I want to have it on my shelf. Right? Don't you feel the same? Mm-hmm. I think this, that's a, I don't know. It's interesting. It made me, maybe, I, I, never, I didn't really notice that before. Like, I wouldn't even care what it's about. I would just buy it because I like that guy. He's created an, a relationship with, with me through the things that he makes. And by being himself, by being authentic, by saying what he has to say and this, that, and the other. And we're, we don't all, you know, that's fine for Merlin. We don't all get to build that big of an audience, right? But, you know, we can, we can build something. We can, tell, we can teach someone how to do something. But more, and even more important, like the, traditionally the blogging, the, the info, in, info product industry has all been about information and training and these sorts of things. I'm really excited about what Dan and Tom are doing at Studio Neat and about the, the future of independent American manufacturing, right? Small time. You don't have to be big to be profitable anymore. You don't have to be huge to support yourself and your family anymore. So I just love all of these things, and I feel like there's this story like we're reclaiming about, I think, you know, if you go back 2,000 years, we're all entrepreneurial. 
there it wasn't even a word because it was just like of course I I work, work my farm or I wake up super early and go fishing or I this that and it. like I have a trade everybody has a trade everybody has a thing that they do right and go back even longer than that like with cavemen right just shaping tools for them to interact with their world to 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 survive first of all but then to wonder like what am I here for like let's build a house let's paint on the wall and talk to each other about what does it mean that that animal and this animal it just means everything or whatever right there's this human like we come from a long line of creators and I think it's becoming more and more possible that as a creator we can actually support ourselves in some small and meaningful way by doing something small and meaningful. And so that's what, to me, that's, that's my dream for Fizzle right now is that is, you know, we come from a long line of, of douchey internet marketing sort of sites and we kind of are working hard to say like, to, to, to not, seem like that because it's not bad at all to us. Well, you do need to learn how to build an audience, but to build it the right way, you're, you're kind of growing love in them instead of uh, taking advantage of some weakness, some you know, copywriting skill or tactic or some shit like that. It's just, um, it's just humans, for, for basically, connecting with other humans over, the, uh, you know, uh, over what? Over uh, a need? Someone has hemorrhoids, you have a hemorrhoid cream. Great, look at that. Or some sort of nerdy thing, like cosplay to me is so beautiful. You know? It's just nerds being nerds unashamed. And, and like, there's like levels. And there's quality. Uh, like there's, there's stratification of, of quality and stuff like that. Or like Reddit or 4chan. Like any of these online communities ba- built on nerds. You have love, you have connectivity, you have things that people are making. And other people are saying like, yeah, that's cool. I don't know. I really care a lot about what we're doing at Fizzle, basically because I really care about the, you know, the people who are in it, who are really trying stuff, like Stephanie, who's, who makes these wonderful little audio stories. She's in Scotland, not far from you, right? Mm-hmm. Because you're not in America. Neither no. of you are. So that must mean you're close. Um, but, but, uh, but, but she's a, a, you know, a, a single mom working to like make this thing. She didn't... Uh, this, I don't, anyways... There's a really beautiful story about about her, but I won't I won't get into that because it seems too seems too uh, I don't know uh, gaudy almost. But she's great, and I love her, and I love the things that she's trying to do, and I think she's going to be successful. And I just hope that she doesn't get all stressed out about not being successful tomorrow. And I hope that in five years she realizes she'll have she'll have a business, and that she can totally grow that organically. Uh, on the side or, or, or even, you know, whatever. I don't know. Do you know what I'm saying? I do. And you have a podcast. We do have a podcast. We have a good podcast. I really like our podcast. I, I wish you were here in, in America so I could get you on our podcast. You won't do it? Are you being, like, racist? Like, why do I have to be in America to be on your podcast? It's not about race, Mike. Never is. <laughs> um, because I don't like to do the phoners, man. I want to get you in. I'm going to get you in the studio with a cocktail. Fly me out. I will. We well, we've we've got so so much money coming from the uh-huh. podcast that we'll totally just buy just, you a plane ticket. Just fly me out, business class, you know, and uh, I'll I'll come in for an hour and I'll I'll go. Hold on. What's this? I just realized the uh, tickets that you got me, um, mate. They they aren't actually uh, business class, are they? Yeah, we're going to need to upgrade that. <laughs> I can just picture you being pissed that we got you coach seats. So what is what is the, what do you do on The Fizzle Show? The Fizzle Show, it's three of us. It's myself, uh, Corbett Barr, 
if uh, <laughs> anyways, Corbett Bars, uh, he's the intelligent. He's the he's the experience, right? Um, me, I'm the golden retriever who's just emotional and excited about things. And then Caleb, who uh, is is kind of like the straight man who who literally does have all the answers. Um, so we just occupy different frequencies, and for some reason, it's just magic. It's total magic. Uh, but really, like, unlike, you know, some people who just have shows that talk about, like, news about insignificant Apple things or something like that. Yeah. I can't believe these people. Those guys. Um, we are typically answering listeners' questions. Uh, or, or uh, so like a lot of times we're answering listeners' questions or talking about a topic that was started from a question that a listener has. Or we're just talking through things that we're kind of going through. You know, so uh, it's really, it's all about people who are trying to be independent creators and, and you know, everything that that entails. And I, Mike, I have found my f- calling. M, mark that, mark that. We're going to mute that out. I have, but I have found my calling. I love this so much. There's this quote. Hold on, I'm going to find it really quick. There is, um, wait for it, a quote from Henry Rollins. Uh, there it is. Nailed it. Of all the things, this is what he says, uh, you, know, you know who Henry Rollins is? He's, he's punk rocker, idol, uh, you know, really weirdly fit, like super disciplined guy, really cool spoken word guy for the last half of his life, basically. Mm. Um, and he talks about the first time he ever got up on stage, and he says, of all the things I've ever done in my life, this is to do spoken word. Of all the things I've ever done in my life, performing spoken word, was the one thing that felt the most natural. The music was more fun, like a thrill ride, but that felt like, ah, there I am. And I feel the same with specifically this podcast, because I've done, uh, I've done podcasts before, uh, but they never really had a purpose the way that this one has a purpose. Um, and I can't take any credit for it because it's really, it's all about the dynamics between us three guys that it just works really well. Um, and we've got... I mean, people are digging it. I'm so, so excited that people like it that I, I don't know. I'm just kind of beside myself about it. Where can people find it? Fizzleshow.co is uh, where you can find the, the show. That's, that's where it's at. And Chase? Yeah. Where can people find you? I am, uh, I'm glad you asked that, Mike. Um, you can get in touch with me at, at Chase underscore Reeves. I'm doing that thing where I, Get close to the mic to make it a little more intimate. I don't know. I'm looking for connection. Well, you know, I think <laughs> you could be I the guy that, uh, to me when you when you're talking about your uh, Twitter oh. Twitter handle. Mm. <laughs> Say Twitter again. <laughs> it's been an absolute pleasure to have I'm, you. I'm sorry. I feel like I feel like I, we're we're so familial and friendly that I didn't really know how to be in this. I'm like on my feet back here. I'm on my heels, I guess is what I mean. You're everything that I ever wanted you to be, really. Um, well, and I'm I'm happy that you you've joined me today. Um, oh, I really appreciate it. I, I'm such a big fan of you, Mike. I would, I would, like I said before we started recording. I would, you know, I won't say it here. Don't say it, please don't. Yeah. I have enough editing work to do already. <laughs> um, I think that you should go and follow Chase. Um, I think he's a real smart guy. Um, and I wanted to have him on the show so you could hear how smart he is. And I really do recommend uh, Fizzle. I have uh, done some courses myself, and it really has helped me think about some stuff, and I'm looking forward to doing more. So I suggest that you go and sign up and go take a look. Thank you, Mike. 
And if you want to find links to Fizzle and all of the other stuff I've been collecting links throughout the show, you can go to 5x5.tv slash cmdspace slash 65. That's where you're going to find uh, links to all of Chase's stuff, all of his myriad of projects. And I've been mm. collecting those throughout the episode. And I want to thank you for being part of this episode, Chase. I want to thank all of our listeners for being here. If you want to catch up with me, you can do that. Um, I am iMike, I-M-Y-K-E. The Y is very important to me. Um, so please do not forget it and uh, I'll be back with you next week for another episode of Command Space until next time bye 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 bye